And we're joined on the line now by Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Shakina. Nadir, let's touch base again on this, uh, the latest about the AB InBev uh, renewed offer for SAB Miller. Yeah, Sakina, so we saw them sweetening the offer. And, uh, you know, we've got to bear in mind that according to uh, UK or London Stock Exchange rules, um, that they have until 5 o'clock tomorrow to formally make an offer to the SAB board. Um, You know, so time is of the essence. And we saw them sweetening the deal yesterday to £67 billion for the company. I mean, that's a massive number. And uh, if you look at it, it's uh, it's about 3% higher than their previous offer. Um, You know, and uh, and in, in fact, it's not just the all-in cash offer which was sweetened. It was also the part cash, part uh, share offer which was issued where, um, and you know, that's really intended to win over Bevco, which is a holding company of the Santa Domingo family, which is a, a 14% stakeholder in SAB Miller. So the, the part cash, part share issue was sweetened primarily to win, uh, to win the family over and, uh, you know, push the deal through from AB InBev's side. I mean, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, board members of AB InBev coming out and publicly saying that they believe this is a very attractive offer and that SAB Miller should, should accept it. Um, we see Jan Duplessis, chairman of the SAB Miller board, has come out and said that he believes um, you know, a fair offer is closer to £45 a share, where currently it stands at £43.50. Um, you know, but it's difficult to see how, how hard uh, SAB Miller's board can work to stave off the takeover, given you know, that uh, the, the latest offer is at a 48% premium to uh, SAB Miller's closing share price on September 14th, the day before, um, uh, uh, the day before AB InBev made their, their announcement public. So, you know, there's some very rich offers on the table here. I mean, it's going to create a global giant which is going to control about half the, the profits of the global beer market and one in three beers consumed will come from the, uh, from the combined entity. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see minority shareholders really taking an interest. You know, I mean, uh, Investec Asset Management has weighed in on the, on the conversation saying that, uh, you know, they want an extension on the deal deadline so that, uh, you know, SAB Miller and AB InBev can negotiate a, a, a fair price. So, you know, I think uh, it's going to be difficult to, to, to stop this, uh, this horse now that it's bolted. And, uh, you know, we, we're starting to see some very attractive offers coming to the fore, particularly with a 50% increase um, on the cash portion of the part cash past uh, share offer in order to entice Bevco to, to, to back the deal like Altria has. So, you know, uh, it's interesting times ahead. And if it goes through, uh, let's remember that it will be the third biggest M&A deal in history. So really some big numbers coming through. Certainly are. And then uh, just looking at the Chinese trade balance numbers coming out this morning, they don't look too good, Nadir. No, not at all, Sakin. I mean, and, and, and it's quite surprising that we say that, you know, because the trade, the trade number, the trade surplus, rather, widened quite substantially to 377 billion yuan, you know, which uh, ordinarily the trade balance widening would be fantastic news for an economy. You know, it means that it's importing, uh, exporting significantly more than it's importing. And, uh, you know, that has a very positive effect on economic, overall economic growth. But the real concern here is that uh, exports still fell on year by, uh, year and year by 
by 1.1%, albeit not as much as analysts had expected in the region of 7%. But the real disappointing number, Sakina, was that imports really fell off a cliff, falling by 17.7%. Now, you know, we've really seen commodity prices coming under a lot of pressure and companies with uh, a lot of exposure to China coming under significant pressure. The likes of uh, Glencore is a great example of that with their, uh, with their, uh, uh, their copper mines in, and coal mines in Australia. And, uh, you know, we in fact see them trying to spin off some of those mines uh, simply because they're in such a dire state, because of the extent to which China has been cutting their imports. And, uh, you know, that's predominantly been raw materials. That obviously has a drastic impact on the likes of Australia and South Africa's economy, given that we both commodity exporters. And, uh, you know, the mining houses are really going to just uh, find this as confirmation of the conditions they've been feeling for the last couple of months with a massive decline in Chinese imports. So, unfortunately, no light on the horizon, uh, you know, for, uh, for, for increased demand for, for these uh, commodity or for these commodities and uh, the stuff that the miners are taking out of the ground and uh, you know that's why we see miners across the board trying to consolidate their balance sheets that's why we see Glencore trying to sell off copper and coal mines globally in Chile and and, and China and uh, Australia so yeah no definitely not a good number and uh, you know we it, it could precipitate uh, the People's Bank of China further into stimulating the economy given that imports are really falling off a cliff signaling uh, you know fairly weak demand within the Chinese economy.